how I would say it. Kalt e ngarulu pom truck. Just notice that the ng is not ng, it's not g, it's not n, it's ng. The same sound that um, you have in English for the ng and the words sing, song, bling. Um, I hope that helps. Thanks, bye. Oh, thanks. Would you record that off a fucking gramophone? Yeah, goddamn. man. Thanks, you fucking nerd. What was it? Kalt-Zit? Kalt-Zit? Kalt-Zit. That's how you say hello in Navi languages. Kalt-Zit. I'm David Sali. I am Ut-David. I don't know. That's my Navi name, I guess. And? I'm Uye Chance. Didn't you have something to say? This is Podfast and Pod Furious. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oye tukrul titlinet tivakuk. Ooh, what's that mean? That is very sensual. Let my spear strike the heart. Oh, that is very sensual. Uh-huh. And by spear, I mean my dick. Mm-hmm. And by heart, I mean let our ponytails intertwine. Yeah. <laughs> and fuck each other. We watched Avatar, if you couldn't fucking tell. Uh-huh. Which features Michelle Rodriguez, although featured less of her than I remember. Because it's a... She's barely in it. Two-hour, 40-minute movie, and I would say she's got maybe 20 minutes of screen time tops. Yeah. She does have a great bit towards the end, though. Yeah, when she when they finally turn and she's like, yo, fuck this bullshit, and I'm joining the Na'vi now. Yep. Then she becomes cool. And, and she, she fucking looks cool. Oh, my God, dude. She's I was, so hot. I was torqued up. She's got, like, she, this very, like, Native American-looking thing going on, like... Well, so, yeah, she gets the face paint at the she's end. She's got the face paint. She's got, like, a braid with, like, some uh-huh. beads in it. Oh, for me, for it. me, it was really doing... All right, so she when she first shows up, she's got, like, the Top Gun Maverick uh-huh. jumpsuit look on with the a- aviator shades. Yep. All right, cool. This is, like, a very Michelle role where it's, like, hey, I'm a tough chick. I'm badass. I'm real chill. But I got heart of gold. Kind of aloof at my job, but I got heart of gold. But then when uh, she's, like, helping him bus out... And rejoin the Navi people up in the trees to mm-hmm. fight the Marines. Dog, she pulls down the top half of the jumpsuit, and her titties are hanging out in this white wife theater. Yep. And she's running around with a gun and uh-huh. like sweating. And I had to jack off a little bit inside my mind. <laughs> inside your mind. Inside my mind, like Professor X style, because I imagine he can't jack off his dick because he's. Uh, like his spine's been eliminated from the bottom down or whatever. I think cripple people that can't feel their waist down still get boners. You think so? Yeah, there was a uh-huh. uh, dude. Uh, Friday Night Lights. They were all about like Jason oh, Street yeah, learning yeah, how to yeah. have sex as a cripple. Well, and he ended up like knocking a chick up, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah. yeah, and then he so became be, a sports agent or something. Yeah, you can be cripple and your dick still work. I don't know about Professor X though. He seemed like he was pretty volcel. Oh, he's absolutely Valso. Yeah. yeah. Probably because he knows he could do something uh, to a erogenous zone with his, his insane mind, mind powers, mm-hmm. and he would make a chick fucking explode from cum mm-hmm. inside of her body. Like I bet hydrogen. Jean Grey tried to like seduce him once. Yeah. You're like, I can't have relations with my students, Jean. Right. Jean, you're one-eighth my age. <laughs> yep. And she's like, I want you to rub that bald head on my bald pussy. Yep. Create fucking dark phoenix fires with the goddamn frictions. <laughs> no KY jellies. You've heard of pubic play. Now I want zero pubic play. <laughs> I want skin on skin. Skin on skin. Nothing but skin rubs. Yep. I want to create jock itch on my pussy with your skull. <laughs> um, usually we start things off with a poem, but I wanted to start things off with a little fan fiction from fanfiction.net because Avatar has nice a huge uh, fan outpouring does it really i mean yeah this is 
all new original sci-fi world created 10 years ago, right? This is something right around the time that like Harry Potter was huge and all this shit. So like original worlds were something that people were getting lost in. Now everything's like a Avengers. And, and I will say, I will game. say like kudos, be like, here's the thing. The script is very, there's nothing really new. The story is a tale as old as time. It is shit it's, we've seen right, over it's and over Pochohantos. It's Dances with Wolves. It's, yeah. It's all that stuff. It's white man joins it's a fucking last samurai. indigenous tribe, right. right? And then helps them. I will say what's very creative is uh, them taking the time to create a new fucking language. Like a, a literal linguist like made a language. An entire language. That's impressive. So much about this film is very groundbreaking. Like yeah. the the motion capture. Well, okay, hold on. I was gonna get there. I was because like in terms of creativity, creating an entire new language that's amazing. And then also not just a language, a race, a race, alien species. But the saddest thing, the thing that pisses me off, is it the most creative part of the story that is just glossed over? And I assume it's something that's supposed to be saved for the sequels. Is this idea that uh, Sigourney Weaver pitches that? The planet itself and the trees almost work as like computer processing. Like yeah. it, it's like this, everything is intertwined yeah, in like a like, like a, neural it's like it's a network. Giant network. Yeah, which that was awesome. Right. But then I, I really, after watching the film, I would argue that this movie would never have been number one box office records, two billion worldwide, whatever, if it weren't for the fact that this was the film that started the entire 3D fucking hype train. Like, there were... 3D was not a fucking everyday thing until this movie. Yeah, it... it, uh, it was, like, at the vanguard of the, the 3D renaissance, and it sort of forced the hand of the theaters to switch to digital projection. Yep. yep. Um, yeah, now they get all their movies on USB thumb drives and shit. Yeah, which made me think that the ponytails were similar to, like, USB-C or something. Like, yeah. a, a universal... A little bit. ...sort of thing. Well, and this is the thing. This movie made me realize that Robert Rodriguez is the less creative and less interesting James Cameron. And they work together on Alita. Yeah, where it's just, um... Which they're both guys sort of about uh, transhumanism. And... Well, they're both guys who get introduced, like, they're, they're all early adapters of, like, new tech and, yeah. like, new cameras and shit. And so they go out of their way to... They're like, I don't give a shit. Let me pull a script out of the dumpster that I have, and I'll just fucking make this just to play with this I, new I would tech. like to know that the dialogue in this film is atrocious. Oh, it's horrible. Horrible. I horrible. mean, people who say things like, shut your pie hole, and come on, bring it, bitch. It's like James Stuff Cameron, like apparently, uh, Zoe Saldana said, like, James Cameron originally from the start wanted to make a PG-13 film, which then made me question if James Cameron just had no idea what the threshold was for a PG-13 film. Like, right. what he couldn't... So he was just playing it, like, overly safe. Yeah. Or just like, dude... The, yeah, some of the stuff is weirdly sanitized. George or, Lucas in the prequels has better dialogue than this movie. It, it really like, is, like, that level of wooden where... Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, when Stephen Lang's Marines blow up the home tree and he's sitting there drinking his coffee and he says, Let's boogie. <laughs> and they fly off. Yep. Um, it is bad, like... Early two thousand sci fi, uh, like like almost like Starcraft type games, like Red yeah. Alert, uh, Command and Conquer, like it, it does feel dialogue. like they, they almost lifted it from like a a, a, communi- a communique that uh, online players had, and they <laughs> just adapted nerds. it into a screenplay form. Yep, I like when all the Marines are flying off to fight the Avatar guys at the end, and there's these Marines all standing around on the landing strip going. Now that's what I'm talking about. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Fist pumping. Fist pump. They awesome. they are all about and then multiple times like kill these savages, man. Like yeah. oh, erad- yeah, yeah. eradicate these savages. Yeah. Uh, what's it, Colonel Quaritch? He he calls Jake Sully. You're, he says you're a traitor to your own race. Yeah. Yeah. God damn boy. 
Which um, also the uh, not only the bestiality um, questionable scenes, but also just the idea of like if you made this movie, this is like if Tom Cruise in the Last I Samurai. I wouldn't say it's bestiality. There's some weird bestiality influence. Like it, almost there were points where I'm like, is James Cameron secretly like a furry? Uh, not only that, this is almost like... Well, I think bestiality implies that you fuck an animal that can't give consent. Okay. Okay. It's, it's a little... It's, okay, to be fair, um, they fuck with their ponytails they connecting, do, they but they also it, connect yeah. their ponytails to creatures to control them. Right. So are they not in some subliminal way fucking this non-consensual creature? I don't know. That's it's a, questionable. That's a question for Jim Cameron. You know what I mean? To answer. But also, um... The weird thing about this movie is, like, imagine if this was The Last Samurai and all of a sudden at the end, Tom Cruise just put on yellow face. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, to become one with the samurai. Like, this movie is just, like, there's some wild they're shit like, in this they're, film. They're giving him, like, robes and armor and shit. And he's, he's like, oh, yeah, this is cool. This is cool. Yeah, he and goes like, and does his makeup like Sean Connery. Do you want to live twice? Like, he starts putting on Ken Watson. He's like, no, hang on. Exactly. <laughs> you don't have to go this far. Too far. It's, um, there's some questionable, just yeah. odd, odd uh, writing choices and, and character choices in this film. <laughs> well, I'm imagining Tom Cruise. He's got his he's got his Japanese gear on and everything. Yeah. Came out he's standing there. Tom Cruise turns around like this. Oh! <laughs> goddamn fucking doing the goddamn fucking finger squeezing the eyes, <laughs> slanting the eyes. It's but at times like that. Tom Cruise, you were so fast on the battlefield out there. Oh, me Chinese, me run fast. Tell me, in Japan. Um, no, there was just, like, watching this movie, I'm like, man, like, it is, to a point where, like, because so much of this feels like Pocahontas, feels like Last Summer, feels like, you know, these, these very, all the time fucking white people, It's like, incredibly racially reductive, because all the Na'vi that, the yes. non-Avatar Na'vi are played by actors of color. Yeah. Like Zoe Saldana, mm-hmm. uh, you have Wes Studi is the, uh, the father CCH Pounder is the mother, and then it's a fast double dip for us because Laz Alonzo, who played Phoenix in Fast Four, plays what's his name, Sutame. Yeah, he's I like the warrior that... Navi. Yeah, he's kind of the the obvious like rival right. for the woman. So you like... got a Native American guy, you got a black woman, you got a Hispanic, right? Yeah, it's a uh... yeah. Re- it being racially reductive is is very right. That's what I was you, I was you, scratching. Okay, for. They otherize the Navi by literally casting them as non-white people. Yep, it's very. Uh, and then this white savior comes. Very Anglo-centric, yeah. And, and at the end, he gets turned into one of them. It, it's and, fucking. And West West Studi, of course, was in Dances with Wolves already. Oh, yeah, okay. Because that had every Native American actor. Was he I the think. wolf? Yeah, he was the wolf. He was Mr. Wolf. I've actually, yeah, never, Green. I've actually never seen Dances with Wolves. Oh, really? I yeah. feel like they made us watch it in every single history class ever in school. Yeah, I, uh, I never pay attention when we watch movies in school. Yeah, West Studi also played... That was nap time, baby. Also played Magua in Last of the Mohicans. Oh, dude, okay, now we're talking. Yeah, God, Last of the Mohicans, Magua, I fuck yeah. with. Yeah, that's um, a good one. Yeah, I don't know. It's, um... 
like I said, this really does feel like it was James Cameron was all hyped about the new 3D cameras mm -hmm. and just dug this shit out of like the back of a filing right. cabinet. And, like like a, he found the most generic template on which he could put a story because he was and like, to make is, it seem like this he, is more about yeah my skills as a world builder and as a visual storyteller well i was gonna say almost to add credence to the movie is like he's like i'm gonna hire this linguist and just tell this fucking nerd to make a language like right well i think maybe that's why it was so popular is because it's such a time fucking what do they call it a time tested uh uh narrative yeah well I don't, and i guess that's my thing is like there's a lot in this movie that i'm very interested in like, like the whole like world being basically like a giant microprocessor with the trees yeah that shit's super interesting that, that to me and you can like access memories and yeah all kinds of and shit that's how that. he, they yeah. hear the dead and everything yeah that was very super cool i mean i like the journey of the character going from like this military uh meathead bro to like paralyzed and doesn't have a place to fit in any society right and then he's given this spiritual purpose yeah that's a um, that's all fine. Right. That was a very relatable thing to hear as a 20-something uh, recovering alcoholic yeah. who has no idea what to do with his life. Yeah, I don't know. There was just there was a lot of shit that was, like, just briefly mentioned in this movie where I'm like, why the fuck aren't we delving more deeply into that? Like, yeah, that's just, super just fucking Just the little cool. details that help flesh out the world that yep. it's like, I want to explore I want more. that. Yeah. That's why we have so much fan fiction on fanfiction.net. Well, we've had to wait. God, it's gonna be like what twenty years before the fucking like we get a sequel to this shit. Like, I think the first one's supposed to come out in 2021? 2021. It got pushed they back for. Um, but he's doing what three sequels or four? Four, I believe. Four, and they're bringing back even the dead characters like Sigourney Weaver's coming back. I think Stephen Lang's coming back. Michelle, I think, is coming back. Vin is apparently joining the cast. Well, see, that makes sense. So they died on the planet, so I guess somehow they get connected to these computer right. yeah, trees, yeah. and like, so maybe we'll get more exploration in well, that. I was kind of zoned out when Sigourney died. Didn't they like not manage to connect her to the thing? She almost. They almost had enough time, but like she passed uh, yeah. just before she could fully convert to All her right. avatar. R.I.P. to her. I yeah. like Sigourney's intro when she first like, comes I need out. A fucking cigarette. Yeah, she's wearing my goddamn cigarette. Like, is there a problem? There, what she says is like, does nobody see the problem with this scenario or something? Where she's like, she doesn't have a cigarette. She wants her smokes. Yeah, dude. Give me my pack of smokes. She's been she is smoking a lot in this. This is pre uh, when they would make your movie automatically R rated for having smoking. a fucking bogey in it. She's smoking both. Literally cigarettes, and it's Sigourney smoking Weaver, hot, so she's baby. always smoking hot. Um, I love Sigourney. Oh, one thing I wanted to uh, make a point about when you said that uh, Robert Rodriguez was like the lesser of James Cameron. You also have to think about James Cameron is working with millions and millions of dollars, and Robert Rodriguez intentionally... And the clout of just his name. Right, and then Rodriguez is intentionally, a lot of the time, making him Working as, as little, little money as possible. Money. I mean, the guy left the director's guild to make sure that racist Frank Miller could get a director's credit on Sin City. <laughs> well, his his latest movie, I forget what it's called, but he made it for the same budget as El Mariachi. Just so like 7000 bucks, just to see right. if he could do which, it again. And I mean, that's with inflation and everything, so it's but not again, worth as much. Again, though, it's like we get these it. directors now that do this, and it's like, it's very cool, and I get the point of it, but you can't do what rodriguez what smith what tarantino what these people did in the 90s 90s indie cinema was so much more open to these these styles of things that now there's so much bullshit being pumped on like netflix and shit that if you make something for seven thousand dollars and you don't have the clout to attract an actor with a name or like right you know like you know um what what's his name making the iphone movies soderbergh soderbergh like 
yeah, he can get away with that because he can get fucking, like, named actors. Right, and, like, right. they're just doing it because they want to work with an artist. You're no-name, nobody fucking teenager trying to make a movie. Sorry, Chief. Right. Like, I mean, he oh, Soderbergh even tried that in the 2000s with... Uh, he had a collaboration with this channel called HDNet where he was filming... You know, he was one of the first to do shit with digital handheld cameras. Right. And oh, was, yeah, I remember because he was like... I remember seeing something where like, he used like a wheelchair as like a dolly or something. Yeah, and um, he he wanted to do a whole series of like small-town Americana films, and he only managed to get one made because it made zero money. Uh, it was called Bubble, and he filmed it, I think, in West Virginia with just amateur actors, and okay. he wanted to do that around like four different cities across the U.S. See, but then also his name as a director alone right. can get the Got attention. him that deal with HDNet. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it's, as somebody who grew up very inspired by, and like, who went into working in film because of his being inspired by, like, Kevin Smith and Robert Rodriguez and these people, like, the harsh reality is, is that, like, they had it, it almost sours uh, their claim to say it, but, like, they had it a lot easier than, than indie filmmakers today have and aspiring filmmakers today have it. Because everybody has a camera, everybody can churn shit out, and everybody can throw their shit right, on YouTube or Netflix. Uh, or uh, oh, man. Silver-saturated. Yes, silver-saturated yeah. was the word I was looking for. Oh, uh, by the way, so his plan is to make Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5, but he's been very real realistic about it in saying, let's face it, if Avatar 2 and 3 don't make enough money, there's not going to be a 4 and 5. So, oh, four okay. and five hinge on the success of two and three. Oh. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll see it. I'm interested enough in the world, the world building. And the, Same. I, I think... This, and it's James Cameron, like... Visually, the movie holds up insanely yes. well. It's a gorgeous film. It is. The color... And CGI's only gotten better, so... Yeah. I mean, the battle scene's incredible. Yep. Um, the color palette is gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, all the scenes where they're in the jungle running around, and there's, like, this bioluminescence, mm-hmm. and the fucking wildlife stunning to look at absolutely and i will say i mean it's the blue of the the navi popping against that like lush green of the Mm. forest like it is it's gorgeous look like a damn lisa frank (laughs) folder uh red 11 was the new rodriguez movie it's based on uh how he paid for el mariachi which was he was uh like a getting experimented mm-hmm. on and shit yeah he was going like, doing and like medical doing experiments and yeah testing. I, mean, I, I have his book if you're ever interested like it is it is very, without a crew yeah it's very uh, interesting yeah. like um oh I, uh, oh that some, was weak oh, yeah no, i expected no. that far to be wet gassy. and juicy um it was something about uh alita oh alita and avatar are pretty similar it's uh james cameron's got this interest in like post-humanism, transhumanism, that sort of thing. Well, let's be fair, is, he's had that boner since Terminator 1. Right, and this, like, combination of analog and digital, and it's like this forward-thinking idea of, like, where we're headed as a, a society and a species. Well, it's kind of and, interesting to see how his views on that have essentially changed since the 80s to now, or, like... Right, where it's like a technophobia in, in Terminator. Yeah, exactly, and, like, like, oh, if machines we are go too to, far, right. we'll create our own extinction. Yeah. And then here it's, we are the, 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 the extinct, what's the, what is it? The extinctor? Yeah. We are the extinctor. We are the extinctor. And the the only way, there's no such thing as like a a corporeal form, it's just a soul that can transfer from 
uh, your flesh, your flesh is just a vessel for yeah. your soul. Yep. You could be a blue cat person. Yeah, you could be a cripple it's, man. It's definitely the work of like an older, wiser, more thoughtful, more uh, 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 a man who who thinks about his own vulnerabilities mm-hmm. and his own impending death and doom. Yeah. A more cultured James yeah, Cameron. More cultured James Cameron, but also racially reductive. Very racially reductive, and I mean, to be fair, from what I've heard about him in his personal personal life, like he almost seems like the Michael Bay before Michael Bay. Yeah, I remember reading about when he was doing Aliens, and he was ready to fire the entire crew mm-hmm. because they would stop for tea time. Yeah, like I, he's uh, he apparently is not easy to work with. No, nah, I can't even imagine what his marriage to Catherine Bigelow was like. And with, I mean, um, Sarah Connor has spoken out about when they were together that like uh, Lyndall Hamilton's. Yeah, it's um. But you know what? That's the price of being with a genius, you know? Like, mm, yeah. There's only so much space for something else alongside that giant fucking inflated ego. Yeah. Goddamn right. Uh, anyway, the fan fiction. I wanted to uh, help you all explore this world of Pandora through this fan fiction. If you hadn't seen the film, or you didn't know much about the film. Yeah, sorry, we dove. Like, This is the first time I feel like we really, like, had a lot to say about yeah, a movie we, in we a really while. Did. Um, so this is a little fan story about Avatar. This is just the first one I clicked. Uh, a chance if you have any questions about the narrative or anything or comments. Do we know who our cast of characters are in this? Uh, it looks like it's just Jake and Neytiri. Okay. So these were the two leads in Avatar, the two romantic leads. Mm-hmm. Hi, I'm Jake Sully. Today I'm going on a very special mission. I am supposed to meet Neytiri at 5 p.m. at the bottom of the big tree. Jake. Hi, babe. Hey, Tiri. Oh, hi. So, did you though? Did you did you though? It was, I think it's supposed to be th- think or thought, but it says, "Did you though about my offer?" Yes, I did. It's very interesting. I've never done they before. Jake. Well, kissing her. That's in uh in parentheses. That's an action. Yeah. Well, kissing her. I hope you'll enjoy it. By saying that, I untied my pants. Man, they're tied up, huh? I, I like that it's switching from Jake and Neytiri dialogue to then first person. Yeah, it's... That's, um, that's quite a... That's a groundbreaking technique. You right know, there. he knew like, the rules... It's like postmodern, yeah. Yeah, he knew the rules of a narrative story, uh, only to be able to break window, it and yeah. make something new. Absolutely. Uh, so by saying that, I untied my pants. So by saying that, I untied my pants. The words themselves untied, untied his the pants. pants. Which, so then which I is, guess... Post Avatar, now the tree is back because we mm-hmm. saw it get destroyed. Um, I think this takes place during Avatar, because at the bottom of the big hmm. tree. So then it's not his pants he's untying as much as his loincloth. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Neytiri, wow, it's huge. Jake, yes, sixteen inches of pure fun. Now I like that. that I guess the sense, size they're, they're of like now, nine feet tall. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They would have a much larger dick mm-hmm. than than humans. Uh, then Neytiri untied her bra and her pants. She had huge tits and a lovely vagina. She has, like, no tits. I hate to break it. No, she guy. doesn't wear a bra. She runs around. She's got... Like, beads. Yeah. Wow. But I'm sure her it's, vagina was lovely. You know what? They're embellishing for effect. It's yeah. fan fiction. Yeah. Uh, Jake, you're so hot, babe. Neytiri. Thanks. Then she got on her knees and started licking my penis all the way up. <laughs> And then she tried to put it all in her mouth. Jesus Christ. She chalked and sucked it faster and faster. Man, I hate it when I chalk. Jake, 
I think I'm going to come as I come in her mouth. <laughs> there was so much that she couldn't swallow at all. Not a lot of forewarning, Jake. Jake. Ah, oh, that was good. Chapter 2. <laughs> Jake. So, you like the fuck? <laughs> Nate Deary. Yeah, doggy style. Which I guess it'd be more like cat style. Yeah, they don't have dogs. Kitty style. Yeah. They have uh, uh, giant elephant creatures. I feel like it would be whatever beasts. the name of that kind of like panther-like creature that she rides at the end would be. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it would be in their, their yeah. language. So, yeah, panther-like creature style. She got on he knees and then got four-legged. Dude, it must be really hard to type fanfic with one hand yeah, when you're jerking yeah. your dick with the other. Yeah, she got on her knees and then got four-legged. Her blue pussy was wet as fuck. I put my member in her pussy. Holy my member. My member. You know this guy blue went on Google member. and typed in penis synonym. Yeah. To get member. I need a sexual thesaurus. <laughs> I put my member in her pussy. Jake, you're really tight. Natiri. Fuck, you're so big, she screamed. All 16 inches. Then I started fucking her slowly. <laughs> Had to tease, you know? Yeah. Natiri, fuck, it's so good. Yeah, ah, yes, as I go faster. Jake, I'm gonna fuck you so hard you won't be able to walk straight again. <laughs> Natiri, yeah. I got as fast as I could going deeper and deeper every time. Natiri, think I about to come. Think I. Man, she can't even think straight. <laughs> think I. You you is I. That dick going deep. Jake. Me too. Hashtag me too. I pulled my dick out of her as she came as came on her boobs as she turned back. Let me read that again. This oh. is the climax of the story. I pulled my dick out of her as she came as came on her boobs as she turned back. Jake's Ah, that my girl. It's so good to have a big blue dick. Nateri. True that. So you're not an avatar, ain't you? Jake. Well. That's where it ends? Uh, yeah. Cliffhanger. So yeah, I guess um, he had trouble describing how they managed to go from doggy style. He pulled out as she was coming, yet managed to flip her over and right. then come, come on her. Yeah, came in slow-mo or something. Mm, yeah. Very interesting. Very interesting writing. Um... I hope that this guy was able, with this obvious submission for Harvard, was able to get into their English Lit program, because the world needs more of this. Hmm. That is, you know, the Fifty Shades of Grey lady could learn a thing or two. Blue dicks. Oh, what is going on here? What do you got now? Uh, there's one about... Uh, this is a lonely girl writing one where she's in love with us. Sute. Sute is the Lazalonzo character, yeah. Uh, but this one, there's a training session? There's something about clenching my eyes shut, I winced as the black leather marred my skin? Mm. I mean, I imagine training with him would get, um... Uh, it would push the boundaries uh, towards BDSM type shit. This one is just called Avatar 2. Really ballsy. Oh, yeah, he's like, fuck it, James yeah. ain't ever gonna do it. Chapter 1, new home? Neytiri has just saved Jake's life. Everyone is gathered at Awa, waiting for the response of life. Jake's eyes suddenly burst open. Whoa! They Damn, this shit open. literally starts where the yeah, first one ends. Right where it, le it left off. My on. man. And Neytiri is cupping his face with her hands, smiling. She lets one happy tear fall. Jake? I see you, Jake whispered, smiling. Neytiri smiled. 
I see you. Oh, wow. This one's interesting. That's heartfelt. Yeah. I'm on another porn one. Yeah, that, um... The intricacies of blue sex. Here we go. So here's my thing, though. is like, right, writing these things, clearly they didn't watch how the Navi actually uh, fornicate. No, they must have just assumed that they fucked like human. Yeah, because it's very obvious they don't really seem to have any genitals. Um, It's questionable whether or not the women have nipples. The men definitely do, but the women... Seem, the women seem like they're very much like a sim character. How do, uh, how do you how do you uh, feel about this one? It's called Mated for Life. This is my longer version of the scene between Jake and Natiri under the tree of voices. Mm, deleted scene, rated, baby. Rated M for sexual content. Rated M for mature. Uh, there's a disclaimer at the top of this one. I do not own the rights to Avatar, nor do I intend making profit out of this. Don't want to get sued by James Cameron. You are Omatakaya now, said Natiri, looking into Jake's eyes. You may make your bow from the wood of home tree. Then she paused for a moment, turning around, and you may choose a woman. Okay, yeah, this was actually in the movie, right? And then uh, this woman must also choose me. She already has. Their bodies got closer and their lips met. And mm-hmm. this is where I think it this hit, is where the cuts scene away. Ends, yeah. yeah. So this is our all new OC original content, as mm-hmm. they say on the web. And there Jake was under the tree of voices, the most beautiful place he has ever been to. But none of that mattered to him as he deepened the kiss the most beautiful girl he has ever been with. Neytiri did not resist and allowed herself to be lost in the kiss. Jake didn't even bother to wonder how this so very human-like act didn't bother Neytiri at all. It just felt so natural, so right. That actually made me uncomfortable in the movie. It's so very good. Her lips were soft and her tongue was firm and full of desire. Oh shit, they Frenchin'. When they finally broke the kiss, Jake held her in her arms. Held her in her arms. Man. Interesting. How did that work? And they looked into each other's eyes. Sex with her bend in reality. He could see the lust in her eyes. He could sense her muscles twitching with anticipation. Giving her consent. I see you, he said in a soft, loving tone. And he fucking meant it. They didn't say fucking, I added that in there. I was getting super into it. Oh, whoa. He never loved anyone in his life the way he loved her. Neytiri placed her soft hand on his chest. I see you, she swallowed. Okay, she swallowed I see you. (laughs) And then she gathered her braid from behind her back and held her cue. Jake understood. He did the same, and they entwined their cues together. Sahelu. The bond was so powerful that for a moment Jake could not breathe. And then their lips met the second time that night. But this time, Jake could sense her pleasure. He could sense her lust. Not only that, he also sensed that Neytiri was feeling the same about him. While they were kissing under the tree of voices, while Jake was having the best kiss of his life and Neytiri had her first, he reached his hand to the ornaments that covered her nipples and removed them. Jake's hand caressed the curves of Neytiri's back and broke the kiss, but only so he could lick her ear. His other hand found her breast as he inserted his tongue into her ear. At that moment, he could sense Neytiri's heat. His tongue soon found one of her nipples while his hands took care of her loincloth, dropping it near her feet. This is turning into a radio show. Yeah, I'm doing the sound effects here. Their lips then met again. (laughs) While Neytiri removed Jake's loincloth. Hold on, a little bit louder? Ooh. He softly lowered her to the ground with one hand supporting her back as he knelt before her. It was only now that Jake realized through the bond just how wet Neytiri was. (laughs) 
His next question was kind of rhetorical, but he asked it anyway as he was looking into her eyes. Are you ready? Fucking Vince power chords. She nodded and he could feel her heart beating rapidly. Yeah, he lingered right above her thighs when he saw the pleading look in her eyes. I don't know if there's a sound effect for pleading eyes. Neytiri's every muscle tightened when Jake finally entered between her legs. It was then when Jake felt Neytiri's pain through the bond. Do you want me to stu- He started, but Neytiri placed a finger on his lips. Don't speak. I know, just want your feeling. He obeyed, and soon her muscles relaxed, and he could feel her pleasure flowing through every vein in her body as he started moving back and forth inside her. He felt her pleasure building up inside her the same way he felt his own. He never experienced anything like it. It was otherworldly. Uh, Jake lost track of time. They were nearing their peak. He flipped her and positioned himself on top of her again. And then they finally came together and a million stars popped in Jake's head as his pleasure was multiplied by a million as it combined itself with Neytiri's through the bond. Wow, he then pulled himself from her and they kissed. I wonder where he came inside her i guess so here's my thing right and this is um i know this is fanfic but it, it wouldn't it immediately seem redundant that they connect their cues and that's how you uh sense pleasure with each other right but then you also, also do start fucking humanoid physical yeah. fucking like that almost seems re- that just seems really redundant to me i just yeah. imagine that their cues connected and it was almost like demolition man when like stallone fucks sandra bullock's yeah the vr through, yeah yeah like uh, yeah like i don't know i i never thought that they f- he had a physical penis that he put in her blue vaginas yeah yeah, yeah. probably uh, you imagine more of like a Barbie Ken th- sort of thing. Like yeah, just, just they don't even have those. Yeah, because that's the thing too. There's, there's no natural reason for them, so they sort of just evolved to. They just fell off. Right. Time. And at that point, you're kind of also you're losing the creativity of creating this new species and this new world because now they're really no more than regular humans. They fuck like humans. Right. It, like. Oh, one person wrote a fan fiction scene between Norm, the guy played by uh, JP. JP. From, uh, Grandma's Boy. Place it on my face. And Trudy, Michelle Rodriguez. Oh, that would never happen. Oh, uh, well. Apparently it could for Trudy. Could these bunks get any smaller? She grinned as she pressed her palms into his chest. I'm not going to read this whole I don't. I, can we move past that, this fanfic? These fucking nerds. You don't like the, the bre- all the breast talk? All the cupping breasts and that sort of thing? Like I said, there's actually not that many in, under the M-rated one, under 1,000 words, which is why my mm-hmm. filter. It just again, it seems redundant. It's uh, these people are putting too much uh, Homo sapien quality upon mm. the Navi. Yeah. Where, like I said, you're with looking the Q, for more of a sapiosexual thing where you're turned on by a brain. I get no, not really. I'm just I'm thinking that they're uh, they're physical. There needs to be more difference between the physical embodiments and, like, yeah. how they do things. Like This was clearly written by some horny, uh, sexless teens. Yeah, who's just watching pornos and online. And they, they don't understand a real human love attraction that happens between people and how that feels inside the grooves of your brain. I guess, okay, they're breaking down the biology and making it too similar to humans so that then it makes it even, like, the, the questionable side of, like, Jake 
uh, falling in love with a Navi woman or whatever, it, it makes it just pointless because really, you and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. Like, yeah, uh, there's no, um, there's no weird social hurdle. It detracts from the characters that James Cameron created, okay? Yeah, he's... You guys are offending Chance. Yeah. He took this movie to fucking heart. Mm-hmm. He's painted blue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I came over blue. here. He was completely painted blue. I had a tail attached to my butt. Yeah, it's, what did you make that tail out of? Uh, It's just blue streamer attached to a butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> And you've been... You were practicing Na'vi when I walked in. Which I is was. That, that sentence you said mm-hmm. at the top of the show. Yep. It was. I was honestly impressed, and I was a little bit touched. I thought it was very sweet how this sci-fi world had uh, really spoken inspired, to you yeah. so much. That... I've been Googling how to elongate my body so that I could be <laughs> nine feet tall. <laughs> you had me pick up weights on my way here, and you're going to be stretching yourself every night yep. when you climb into bed. A little bit of time. You know, eventually yep. I get start there. With the, start with the toes. Baby steps. Lengthen the toes first. Mm-hmm. Got to make everything proportionate. Yep. So. And you basically just hanging little weights off them with mm-hmm. strings. Yeah. I'm going to sleep in a hammock that I've now rigged in the trees outside. I have with me today an Avatar-inspired drink. We no longer review beers, if you remember you about a like year you ago. You hated used, that. Used to, I just sniffed it, and I don't know about the smell. I got something uh, aloe, aloe twist, strawberry and lime. This is an aloe vera juice drink. See, now that's what weirds me out, is because I thought aloe vera was like an ointment that you put upon your skins. Aloe comes from a damn leaf. Mm, it's so just like many... it's, it's just like watery juice stuff from a leaf. So I'm just putting watery juice stuff on my sunburns. Well, yeah, I mean, there's other shit in there. Okay. Um, goodness from inside out. What do you get when you mix aloe vera, strawberry, lime, and aloe tones music? Well, I don't know about all that. The twist. We're pos- well. Sorry, <laughs> that word is positive. positive. <laughs> I was about to say positive. Man, put a real positive, positive twist on that. agree that after just one sip, your taste buds will smile wide enough to make your body and mind sing. Check this out. Gluten-free, non-GMO project verified, alloy-free, fat-free, no artificial flavors, preservatives, or colors, aloe vera straight from the leaf, never from powder. And they have a little uh, QR code that you can scan at the bottom, and I guess you get music? And they'll send you powdered aloe vera so you can snort it. Okay, well, I'm going to try it, and I'm going to see how this speaks to the Avatar experience. Hmm. How does that feel upon your Navi tongue taste buds? It's not horrible. All right. When I sniffed it, it's like... You don't like it? Waft it. Just, just sniff it a little bit. It smells funky a little bit. It smells better than your fucking phone case, I'll tell you that much. <sighs> well, yeah, there was like mold growing in there mm-hmm. from the sweat. As it does. There's something about it where it's like... I think that it smells fine. Well, no, it smells fine at first, but then there's like this little after effect that's like... See, my thing is, I think it, it, you get a waft of... Where it kind of smells like dirty clothes at the end. See, I don't know about that. I feel like you get a waft of aloe vera, which then, like, I consciously, which like, makes correspond like, with, like, like lotions lotion, and what have you. Yeah, that might be it. Um, but... So, yeah. The taste is... It's not too sweet, but there is, like, a little bit of a lotion-y taste where it's, like... I feel like I'm drinking wet lotion. Like you, you emptied out a, a sun, sunscreen, a bottle, sunscreen yeah. bottle. Put your booze in it, but you didn't clean right. it out as well as right. you thought. Right. In this case, it was a strawberry lime teeny, some kind of cocktail, fruit okay. cocktail, into my sunscreen. Straw burrito. Chugging it at the beach. Yeah, I poured my straw burrito into a sunscreen bottle. It's <laughs> like so get loaded on the party and fucking deck hard of the Titanic. 
Um, Avatar. Yeah. Uh, we we really did cover a lot of it off the jump, which I did not expect. We I honestly, I'm, this yeah, I'm surprised I had as had as much to, to say, say about, about it. Avatar. Hey, man. I mean, that's what happens when you watch a real movie for once and not a. I guess because that thing was takers. a fucking slog. It was. It was tough to get through. What made it so tough to get through for you? Was it the length, just knowing that there was so much to watch? It was not. It wasn't even so much the length. Um, a big part of it is that. Like, I have issues with the story. Um, the romance between uh, Zoe Saldana and Cripple Boy, I don't feel it's Jake earned. Sully. Jake Sully. I don't feel it's an earned romance. Mm. Um, so it made it feel even more awkward. Right, and that's the that crux in the heart of the film, really. Yeah, it's like this chick hates him, but she trains him because she got some weird sign from weird jellyfish things. <laughs> um, and, like... It is one of those romances where she's so much better than him at everything and cooler than him in every single way that it's like why are you with this fucker yeah and then somehow over the course of like these many overly long fucking montages he his skill becomes equal to her not only that his skill surpasses the abilities of the war leader of this fucking group right. of people these motherfuckers have spent their entire goddamn lives and this dude's like well i know how to throw uppercuts and knee you in the stomach like right. i win like it just it felt like it felt like, like I said, it was just, everything felt like a fucking montage in terms of character development, but they were so fucking long and literally just there to show off how awesome the visuals were. Right. And don't get me wrong, like, James Cameron can story, shoot a fucking film. Story in service of visual. Yeah. Uh, that's so when the, the payoffs and we started getting to the climax of the film happened that nothing felt earned. It all just... It felt flat to me. Yeah, I, w I was not emotionally engaged by the film at all, and I felt like I should have been, because yeah. there's moments that are clearly going for, I mean, Sigourney Weaver's death, mm -hmm. uh, all the shit with, like, the lo the flora and the jellyfish that you were talking about. You're supposed to be, like, with your jaw on the floor, like, tears in your eyes. Oh, my God, this is so beautiful. I see you. Yeah. At the end, when she, like, saves his human body. And he opens his eyeballs. Yeah, he opens his eyeballs, and it's the the Navi woman professing her love for a small human man. Yeah. She's, he's dwarfed in her arms. It's just nothing, man. And see, it's like, I would say that I almost felt more for Sigourney Weaver's character, and that's not saying much, because it was barely, but I at least, they at least gave her story and character development her shit felt a little more earned in that, like, she has been here for ages. She, like, opened a school to teach them English, to help relations. The military industrial complex that's going on on this planet, she's, like, shut it down. She's essentially a missionary. Yeah, she was outcasted by the Navi, but she almost feels more comfortable among them than she does people. And then she gets welcomed back into it and then ends up getting killed by humans. Like, right. I felt more with her character and felt that it was more earned than any fucking thing else that happened in this than film. Than this, like, like, teenage boy wish fulfillment. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. This, like, like, Luke Skywalker-type character. Yep. He just ends up getting to make out with his sister because he got beat up by a big, snowy, abominable snowman. Yeah, so in its, in its uh, strive to be such a, what did I call it earlier, time... Uh, Timeless. Time-tested time story yeah. that the, it's almost too generic and it feels a little... Uh... Well, it's just... Uh, yeah, you have this time-tested story arc and character arc for all these people, but the visuals are so masturbatory that it dwarfs anything actually happening with these characters. We spend more... Too, we spend more time on... 
uh, beautiful scenery and huge landscapes the and everything. And yeah, the fauna. that we then forget that there's even characters that we're supposed yeah. to be following. And like Jake Sully, he's just such a nothing entity. Jake like, Sully, fucking yeah. Sucks. Sam Worthington, he gives it his all, I guess. Which isn't much. Right. That is Which lackluster. is just, There's nothing about him where I'm like, he doesn't have a sense of humor. Mm-mm. He's not that good looking. He's no. sort of just like a, he looks like a create a character white dude. Yeah. Um, he looks like when you would boot up Mass Effect and they would give you your generic Commander Shepard. Yep. That's Jake Sully. Yep. So he's not that hot. He's not that funny. He's not that cool. It has very little charisma. Yeah. Uh, so I, I have no real reason to root for him. Even as a Marine, he's not like... We don't get to see him being badass or anything at first. No, it's like Michelle's like, oh, you'll be my, my gunner because I'm down a person. He's like, I thought you'd never ask. And then literally they arrived where they're going and he just fucks he everything fucks up. up. I'm like... You fucking yeah. suck, dude. Like, were you even a good Marine? Right. First thing we see is that apparently you suck so bad at war, you got your goddamn a hole blown through you and you can't fucking walk. Mm-hmm. You fucking got your goddamn spawn snapped. So who gives a shit? And then, of course, he's, like, never been in the Avatar. He's never put time in in an Avatar body. And so immediately he wakes up in the Avatar body and they're like, all right, let's, like, test your motor functions and stuff. And he's like... Yo, I got legs! Let me go fucking run <laughs> yeah. out! Like, dude, you fucking dumbass, like... I can't walk! <sighs> I hate Jake Sully. Did you uh, Did you see this in theaters when it came out? No. You no, didn't? No. Really? Did not see it in theaters. I had no interest. I, I um. So you've never seen it in 3D then? Nope. I, uh, I hate 3D. I've yeah, hated 3D since, like, when James Cameron was like, oh, it's gonna blow your mind and shit. I was like... Nah, sorry, James. I'm gonna sit this one out. Well, the way he did this in the 3D was a little different than the way they shoot other 3D films. I think like he shot the foreground and the background separately. This was or probably a more honest, uh, entertaining and 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 visual spectacle 3D film than any of the other bullshit post conversion 3D films that we have gotten since. Oh, I, I don't yeah, doubt well, that. It's not post conversion. It's right. It's actual. But right, I'm just saying, 3D. like. I'm sure this was the 3D spectacle that Cameron set out to it's, make. Yeah, here's what I remember when I saw it. It's one of those things where they're clearly shoving the 3D in your face at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember being in awe when he comes floating out of that little pod, and okay. you could see like the depth of the, the depth of field went all the way back through this ship. You could see all these guys for like hundreds of feet floating right. out of these pods, and I was like, "Holy shit, that's incredible!" And then, you know, 40 minutes go by and you forget you're even watching a film in 3D. Yeah. And it's like they forgot they were shooting a film in 3D. Like, I don't know, maybe you see some fucking arrows or those little goddamn floating jellyfish. Jellyfish, right. But, you know, after a while, your brain adjusts and it's like... The spectacle wears right. off. It, yeah, it wears off quick. No, uh, the first time I saw this was it was uh, on sale at Best Buy for like five bucks on Blu-ray. And I was like fuck it i'll buy it right and so i bought that and uh did you have a fun time i watched it and i'm like oh okay it was one of those things because when it came out um the audience i feel was very uh divisive like there were the people that was like oh my god this is like a true like uh, visual spectacle right, and then there were the people there's like ah it's fucking pocahontas whatever i was this is the first i've watched it since i saw it in theaters 10 years ago and i remember being really bored then like yeah. it was it was one of those ones where i was with it at the beginning i was like cool cool world cool visuals yeah. and then all through the middle i was like don't give a shit mm-hmm. and then once they blew up home tree i was back in i was like all yeah, right, all I'm, I'm ready for the, the final battle 
same exact effect. This ten years has not changed yeah. my 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 perception of the film at all. I mean, aside from like knowing more about filmmaking and how yeah. to make this shit and kind of being the in craft awe itself. Of, yeah, the craft. Yeah, no, and that's how I was. Like, I remember I watched it. I was living in California at the time, and I was just like, okay, like. I neither loved it nor hated it. Right. Like I appreciate it for what it was. Like good on James Cameron. This was he just wanted to clearly go play with his new fucking toys and cool. Like he did. Um, like I said at the top of this episode, uh, or at least I was alluding to, if it weren't for how this was advertised as the visual spectacle of you know uh, of our generation of our lifetime, this movie would not be the number one grossing film of all time. Right. And it almost. It almost saddens me. The story surrounding the film is bigger than the film itself, and that's why maybe yeah. it's, it hasn't become such a cultural phenomenon. Uh, like, yeah, exactly. I, you see that on Twitter all the time. People are like, "Oh, people have nobody talks about Avatar anymore." Yeah, but it has changed the way movies are made. Yeah, like absolutely. The, the VR system, and like you were saying, like digital projection wouldn't be uh, as prominent in theaters oh, yeah. anymore if it weren't for. Yeah. But I guess my thing is, like, it almost, it's, it breaks my heart a little bit that this and fucking Avengers Endgame are the two biggest grossing films of all time, and they're nothing. They're, they're fun, they are what they are, but, like, they're the antithesis of, I feel like, and not to sound like a snob, but, like, they're the antithesis of what I think, like, movies should be, like... Yes, they're just they're they're entertaining popcorn flicks, but they have nothing more to offer. Like in ten years from now, like you know us watching this ten years from when it came out, ten years from now is somebody gonna watch Avengers Endgame and like take something more from it? Like no, dude. Like no, that that's I think well I think that's very much of its time. But this watching it now through like a more political lens, where I'm more politically minded. Yeah. And, I was a little bit shocked. I was like, damn, the highest grossing film of all time in America and worldwide is like this anti-imperialist, yeah. uh, like culturally sensitive to a certain point uh, yeah. blockbuster. It's trying for when it was made. It, yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> um, like anti-military worship, militarism, yeah. jingoism. They, they're literally calling Ameri- white Americans uh, aliens by the end. He's mm-hmm. like, we sent the aliens pack to their, packing to their dying Except planet. Except for a few, yeah. Right. Except for a chosen few, yeah. Well, no, and I, I will say, like, in terms of Avatar being the number one grossing film of all time, uh, like I said, that it disheartens me about cinema, but, like, at the same time, I, I can applaud Avatar for being the number one grossing film of all time because of, like, what we've talked about, what it did for... Mm-hmm. Goddamn! Ew! What the fuck is that? They're little chunks of aloe, I guess. Ew, dude! It's one of those goddamn jellyfish it's, it's a things. Drink. Um, I am happy at okay. least that that Avatar being one of the number one gross films of all time, like, did propel how we make movies, how we view movies forward. Right. Um, even if I hate the three D thing, you know, the the digital projection things like that. That's very cool. Um, you know, I commend James Cameron for making people quit being fucking whiny bitches about 35 mil film dying and like being like yo dude we have these dope digital cameras available we can do shit if we're actually willing to like push the boundaries with it if like we're willing to see how far we can take it right you know i know there are the purists that are like oh 35 you'll never beat it it's like yeah it's true to an extent there are some films that like need that look that grain but like that's how i felt watching a lot of blockbusters now where i'm like yeah this would look so much (laughs) 
This, this is going to sound stupid, but Detective Pikachu was shot on film, and you can tell. Yeah. Well, dude, it's that got was a really visible grain, and it looks nice. That was um, when Indy Four came out, and Spielberg and Luke. Well, Spielberg specifically talking about, he's like, "Oh, we're barely using CGI. Like, I want to shoot on film." Blah blah blah. And then they made the movie, and immediately in the first 10 minutes of film, there's tons of CGI. It's clearly shot on digital. Right. It feels too clean and fake to be a sequel to what the original three yeah. put, where they were pulp action adventure. Yeah. They had that grit they, to them, yeah, that they texture. Were, yep. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Like, when they pull up to that warehouse at the beginning, yeah. it just looks... And the lighting in that scene makes horrendous. no fucking yeah. sense, where he's overlit, but it's a sunset going... Like it, That's Janusz Kaminski. He was that those weird little flourishes fuck with his lights. They look gross. And it honestly, that movie felt like it was just Spielberg, like, tried to argue with George, but the whole... Indy 4 was made because it was like it was George's turn up to bat kind of like with Temple of Doom and so he's like well this is yours George like I'll do whatever you want and then just didn't give a fuck and but then it bugs me that these are the type of people like Spielberg who's like oh Netflix movies shouldn't be allowed uh, to be nominated for Academy Awards like I fucking hate digital it's like dude just shut the fuck up because you say one thing one day and then you do the complete opposite the next like I I think his point there was um because Netflix isn't what's the term four walling their uh their projects essentially they're not giving them proper theatrical rollout yeah they do it just long enough to be nominated he's he's trying to keep the theatrical model alive he doesn't want to see when he says i don't want to see cinema die he literally means the cinema that you go to. yeah the theater no and i get that but again like his whole thing i've always i've just had a weird bone to pick with him ever since in d4 because of like the promises he made about like shooting on film and stuff and like seeming like such a like film purist and then getting in d4 it's like you didn't give a shit. Like, so your you major, just your major your beefs this episode are with Steven Spielberg and Avatar online fanfiction writers. Yep. yep. You're ruining it for me, folks. Um, I don't know. So that was a weird deep dive into cinema where we weren't actually being sarcastic and ah, yeah. <laughs> zero irony levels. Fake film students. Uh, yeah, here was I was I was reading about this because this was something I saw on Twitter recently where somebody saying, "Oh, Avatar had no cultural impact." Blah 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 blah. And I was uh, my point was that. The shit that James Cameron pioneered technologically yep. lives on in the DNA of every single major blockbuster you watch now. And I would and that's its cultural impact. And like, I would argue that James Cameron wouldn't have been able to do that with Avatar if it weren't for George Lucas and the Star Wars prequels. Yeah, absolutely, like, absolutely. Those two Phantom go very Venice hand in, in hand. particular. Yeah. Yep. And you can even see down to fucking like. Game of Thrones is ripping off Phantom Menace, where they kill the Night King and then all the armies fall over, just like the goddamn droids. Dude. They uh, stole it from the best. Avengers fucking uh, Infinity War. Literally fucking yep. the Phantom, Phantom Menace. Menace. Space beat battle. For beat. Yeah, space battle, field battle. Weird shield thing going on. Yep. Like, yeah. uh, during filming, Cameron made use of his virtual camera system, a new way of directing motion capture filmmaking. system shows the actor's virtual counterpoints counterparts in their digital surroundings in real time allowing the director to adjust and direct scenes just as if shooting live action cameron called it a big powerful game engine if i want to fly through space or change my perspective i can i can turn the whole scene into a living miniature and go through it on a 50 to 1 scale that's insane that is insane and right there like not only did cameron with this film pioneer digital filmmaking um, we would not have the motion capture abilities in video games today if it were not for the shit that he pioneered with Avatar. Right. We would not be able to have Troy Baker 
with this fucking uh, yeah. mocap yep. suit and Naughty Dog actually making Joel look and react like him facially. Like, yeah. Well, here's a, here's a picture of it. There's Zoe Saldana. Uh, camera pioneered a specifically uh, designed camera built into a six-inch boom that allowed the facial expressions of the actors to be captured and digitally recorded for the animators to use later. It's a thing right in front of their yeah. fucking face. It's you literally it's modern mocap for yeah, video games. Yeah, if you watch a behind-the-scenes video yeah. of any uh, video game uh, tentpole. Look at uh, fucking uh, Ruffalo uh, being the Hulk on right. Endgame. Ruffalo He's looks, wearing yeah. one of those. The Hulk has Ruffalo's face now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Ruffalo face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Showing up to my wife's house in full <laughs> ruffle <of> face. <laughs> Baby, you always said you want to fuck that guy from the kids are all right. I want to become a serial killer and just yeah. call myself Ruffalo Bill. <laughs> <laughs> I just wear Hulk skins. Hulk hands. Wearing Hulk hands and ruffle face to the bedroom. Yeah. Uh, Wait-a. Wait-a digital. It puts the infinity stones in the basket. <laughs> Should Powers Booth have been an Avatar? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Dude, I love the Colonel guy. Stephen Lang, alright, before we jump into, obviously Powers Booth should have been Colonel Quaritch. Stephen Lang fucking owned it. Crushes it. Absolutely incredible. Best performance in the movie. Hands down. Had me howling. I was doubled over laughing at this motherfucker. He was the most entertaining part in in a sea of boring nothingness happening. Godlike. Yeah, it's almost like they told everybody underplay everything. Just so this guy could stand out yep. even more. And he is... Like, that that clip I sent you, I don't know how well it showed up on your phone, but, like... When he's running out, shooting at the he's ship. He's shooting... The ship is literally taking off and going a straight line, and he's firing from, like, a 40-degree angle that he covers. Right. And then this guy, this this lackey peon motherfucker, comes out with his little breather mask thing, and he just, like, gives, like, this weird stern head nod. I'm like... <laughs> This guy fucking rules. He's calling his ship at the end, Papa Dragon. Yeah. I'm trying to get home for dinner. <laughs> Take him out. In his fucking dope-ass mech Dude, suit. Dude, his giant mech with a fucking gigantic two-scale fucking hunting knife. Yep. And he had the, the gun he had look like the shit from Gears of War, like the chainsaw. Yeah, the Lancer. Yeah, man. Like, oh, oh that man. shit fucking rules. God lang. I was like, wipe out these silly blue motherfuckers. Uh-huh. Dude, he's blowing up home tree. I'm like, fuck. Fuck you, yeah. home tree. Scorched earth, motherfucker. <laughs> God Quaritch, God where's, Lang. Where's Ride of the Valkyries when you need Freddy, it? This motherfucker Freddy Lounge himself. Carpet bombing these goddamn Fuck blue these fucks. fucking cat people. Yeah, dude. Putting out the fire with gasoline. Dude, take them to the, take them to the goddamn uh, pound because they're getting put down. Do, 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 do. Euthanasia, motherfucker. They also had that bald guy. <laughs> the bald marine. Oh, yeah, like the classic. He's, he's like the, the henchman guy. Yep. He was on uh, Daredevil. Who was he in Daredevil? Melvin Potter. I think he was the guy who made the Daredevil suit. Oh, oh yeah, the Mongoloid. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Mongoloid yeah, Potter. Guy. Didn't he get? He gets like trampled by the rhino creature, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's in the mech suit. It just fucking stomps his ass. Shits on him. Uh, but yeah, Powers Booth as the Colonel would have fucking ripped. Yep. God, Booth dude. would have been tearing it up that, too. I, I mean, I even texted you and said the only thing Colonel Quaritch is missing is the fucking big, big cigar. cigar. Yep. Yeah. And Booth would have fucking. He would have insisted upon it. He'd be like, excuse me, Sigourney gets to smoke her fucking her, cigarettes. Her cigarettes. My cigar. Yeah, no, nah, that would yeah. have been that would have been the shit. Yeah, uh, the Giovanni Ribisi role is too wormy for Booth. I wish that Giovanni Ribisi had been Sam Rockwell. I even tweeted that. I said Giovanni Ribisi in this movie went to the Sam Rockwell school of overacting. Yep. But he can't he's, do it as convincing right, as Rockwell. Yeah, no, can. Like, especially his first scene where he's golfing in the office. Full Rockwell. Yep. Yeah. Full Rockwell. 
Oh, Rockwell would have torn that shit up. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Unobtainium. I'm with it. You know what? People made fun of that when the movie came out, but it's, it's such a silly fucking, like, serial sci-fi concept. Unobtainium. Dude. I, I like it. Think of the dumb shit that we, like, name things, like antimatter and like things like this where it's like very like oh because we didn't think it existed or something right you have to go to a planet where you are put in stasis for like six years to get there where then you are greeted by fucking crazy blue cat people that want to fuck your life up whose apparently skeletons are like made of stone or some shit yeah and you need a fucking rare mineral that's like worth billions of dollars back on earth what the fuck else are you gonna call it because let me tell you that rock is very unobtainable yeah unobtainium baby there's there's a shitload of it actual elements on our actual uh, periodic table that have really dumbass names boron who even knows what the fuck that is krypton krypton where they named that after superman's Uh himself that motherfucker bunch of horse shit yep fucking nerds uh the scientist guys i wouldn't buy booth as a scientist no no not the uh, jp from grandma's boy role i was if you're gonna switch him as anything it would have been very interesting to see a gender bent version of Sigourney Weaver, where it's Powers, Powers Booth, Booth as the scientist. Where's my goddamn cigar? Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, the Indian guy, Dilip Rao. What the fuck ever happened to this dude? I looked it up. He showed up in so much shit. Back Two year span, he was in Avatar, the highest grossing film of all time. Drag me to hell. Yeah. Mod- modest hit for Sam Raimi. Inception, number six highest grossing film of twenty ten. And then has done, like, jack shit ever since. Maybe he just made, like, good fucking, like, back-end deals on those movies. And he's like, fuck it, I'm out, dude. I I got the bank. I think he's going to be in the Avatar sequels, but man. I will say good on Zoe Saldana. Uh, She's in, like, five of the top ten highest grossing films. And she's in the top two. Yeah, this and Avengers Endgame, yeah. yeah. And then Guardians. And then, of course, The Losers, which is the fifth highest grossing film of all time, I believe. Really? No. Oh, I was like, what the fuck? We do have to watch the losers. She was in that, right? We do have to watch yeah, I'm that because sure. we we got Idris Elba in that. Uh huh. Chris Evans was in that. She kudos to her fucking agent, man. Yeah, I'm surprised she hasn't ended up in a fast film by now. Dude, I was thinking that before we started. The she podcast. would kick ass in a fast movie. She would. Yeah, she would rip. And this is our second Zoe Saldana film in a few weeks because she was in Takers as well, a much more thankless role. Yes, uh, she yeah. That was sad. Yeah, she no, she rocked the shit in this. Yep. Of the main stars, she was definitely uh, left the best impression. Of yeah, the Navi. I, I almost feel bad for fucking what's his name, Jake Sully, yeah, like having to act alongside the dude. screen by Saldana. I, I would have all two days shooting with her, and I'd have been like, "You got to recast me, dude. Like, <laughs> I can't keep up. This is not gonna look good for me." Yeah. Uh, who's the hottest person in this movie? For me, Michelle. Yeah, Michelle that's, Rodriguez. That scene dude. I mentioned where she's got the tank top on under the jumpsuit. Dude, when she goes straight <laughs> Cherokee God. babe at the mm-hmm. end. Oh, with the war paint? And she goes, you're not the only one with a gun, bitch. bitch? Yeah. <laughs> oh, but my God. Then she got blown up and died immediately. She went out like a fucking hero. Yeah. Good on her. The original Rogue One. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah they call her ship Rogue her One. Her call sign yeah, was Rogue I One. I did notice that. I was like, what the fuck? Uh, I'm looking at the cast to see who else. CCH Pounder. I'd like to CCH. I'd like to see see her H's and Pounder. I, I used to for the longest time think her name was just like pronounced like Chich. Chich. Like, yeah, I was like she was on the Shield for a while. She was. She? Yeah. That's how I was introduced to her. And I'm uh, like, who's Chich Pounder? Chicha. Chicha Pounder. I'd like to see see her H's and pound her. Send that to her agent. Let her know. Yeah. Chich Pounder uh, with cheese. Like I said, uh, Jake Sully not hot. Sorry, no. Sam Worthington. Saldana, she's blue the whole movie. I like her normal, but uh-huh. I 
can't be attracted to uh, animals. I mean, I'll take her green in Guardians, yeah. but Frank. as Cat Lady, too far. Yeah. You, you, You've crossed the line. You did like Sigourney in this, right? Yeah, I mean, I love Sigourney all time, everything. All-time great. Sigourney is just... Uh, care, like, the, the charisma and just gravitas she brings to anything she is in. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm. Lovely. Uh, Lang was fucking ripped. Oh, Stephen yeah. Lang was jacked Dude, as fuck jacked. in this. Like, scary. Yeah. Like, fucking, like, veins popping out of oh, his yeah. muscles. Well, like... you can also see him in uh, Don't Breathe, where he's the blind man. Yeah. He's ripped in that one, too. Yeah. But yeah, this, I mean, he's uh, lifting, like, massive amounts of weights, because he's like, this planet will make you weak, boy. Yeah, this lack of gravity or yeah. some shit, like. God, Lang. That's yeah. all I gotta say. That dude fucking ruled. Put, put the film on his back, though. Oh, yeah, Obama guy. <laughs> Obama guy. At the very guy. beginning, there's a guy who looks exactly like Barack yep. Obama. Obama guy. Obama man. Yeah, everybody else is kind of a no-name in this this cast. Michael Blaine Rosgay is suit number one. They put the money where they needed to. Into the tech. Oh, there's a hot blonde chick named Juline Renee who played ambient room tech. Oh, hey, ambient room girl. I'd like to get yeah. ambient in your room. Peter Mensa, horse clan leader. That guy sounds familiar. Who is he? Oh, he's in Jason X. Okay. Sergeant Brodsky. Okay. Oh, who's this? Basketball avatar. Oh, one of the ones playing b-ball with Sigourney. Oh, let's look at her. Let's pull her up. Wow, look at her. Oh, I know what I would like to do with my b-balls with her. Yeah, she looks like a real-life avatar. She's a long-legged model Mm. woman. Gymnastics. I'd like her to model uh, Navi loincloths for me. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) And titty beads. Yeah, show me those titty beads. Out of six Coronas. (laughs) Oh, Anthony N. Gruber played ground technician, uncredited. No shit. Yeah. All right. Oh, and Terry Terry Notary, Terry Notari, I don't know how to pronounce it. He does a lot of mocap stuff. He did the mocap for Kong and Kong Skull Island. Nice. And he was the onset group for the Guardians and Avengers movies. He played a character named Banshee. I'll say Anthony Gruber, uh, you already fucked up your casting for Han Solo. Make this man young Indiana Jones, please. Get on it, Lucasfilms. Yeah, sure. I'd, burn I'd, place. I'd take it from him. Man's an expert. Dude, the guy basically got famous for how amazing of a Harrison Ford impression he does. I think you've sent YouTube. it to me on yeah. YouTube before. And he was also yeah. in a film where he did play young Harrison Ford. My uh, mom was watching it on Lifetime not too long ago. Um, out of six. Eh. Fat three for me. I was going to say, I'm going to give it a three, and it's not... It being in the middle is not because of its entertainment value as much as kind of just what it did for for filmmaking and just James Cameron, dude. He is, Yeah, this, say what you will, but the man is a pioneer of filmmaking. Yeah, this is one of those ones where, uh, like craft-wise, where I, I can admit... It's more out of respect. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a respect. And it's not even begrudging because I like Jim Cameron. Yep. And I like a lot of the shit he's done here. It's just... Story-wise, it doesn't grab me. Yep, it's too many boring... It's three hours long, and like an hour and 30 yeah. of that is spent with no story being told. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm not much for sci-fi and fantasy and that kind of shit. Either. I am. I know you are. I'm a sucker for it. Even you weren't really biting this. I should have been eating... I should have been lapping right. this out of James Cameron's lap. I like the, the harder, more human sort of shit. Like, Game of Thrones gets me because it's more of like a... Or it got me, but now it sucks. But it used to be like this sort of like down and dirty version of like high fantasy you know what i mean which is what hooked me originally this movie legitimately like watching it i was thinking to myself i'm like anyone that's even considering watching avatar just put on blade runner 2049 like blade runner 2049 futuristic sci-fi 
Um, yeah, I guess it's like a dystopian. Visually gorgeous. There's a dystopian element to sci-fi that I like. Yeah. And I'm um, like, if you actually want like, entertaining, and you, a long-ass movie. Right. And th- this is like, it's not like I was rolling my eyes when no. the, the avatars were running around. It's bored. Like, it's, yeah, it's like wide-eyed and earnest in a way that a lot of movies aren't these days. Well, like I said. But at the same time, I'm like, this is just too fucking silly for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd rather be watching fucking Apocalypse now, man. Sorry. I'm a man. Well, and like I said. I like killing. I love sci-fi, and when they would mention something very fucking cool in sci-fi, like, and my ears would perk up, like the whole, like, symbiotic relationship with the trees and the planet, right? then it would just, the next sentence just was, like, moving on. And I'm like, well, okay, I'll go back to being glazed over. I have to see you. Yeah, I want to see you. So, three, three Coronas. Yep. All right. Three and three. Three and three. Good for you, James Cameron. Yeah, way to go, Jimmy. You got you got our our semi approval. Yeah. And you got an eighty two percent on the tomato meter and an eighty two percent audience score on RottenTomatoes.com. This episode was brought to you by RottenTomatoes.com. They pay us ten thousand dollars to say that in tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's got a lot of rotting tomatoes yeah, out back. Uh huh. Um. Yeah, and if you're gonna watch uh one of James Cameron's top grossing films, honestly, fucking throw on Titanic. <laughs> Titanic's more entertaining. This the woman from Salon.com said it's a remote control movie experience, a high tech wish you were here scribbled on a very expensive postcard. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. Of all the five reviews capsules that I saw right there on the front page, yours was the one that spoke to me the most. Way to go, chick. Stephanie Zacharik. Hey. You get it, Steph. Next week we will actually have Fast and Furious Six for you. Oh, yeah, shit, next yeah. Week. yeah, we're already there. Yeah, so, yeah, two weeks ago, Three Musketeers, last week, Haywire, Avatar, Fast 6. Because we got to start cranking these out, because we got Hobbs and Shaw coming. Haywire, the best movie we watched between 5 and 6. Yeah. By far. One of the best we've watched all year, I would say. Yeah. If I yeah. were to compile my top 10 list. If I were to put it in the database computer that is my brain. Yeah, baby. Uh, the week after Fast 6, you'll get a taste of this man. During the post-credits scene. And he'll say in his beautiful Cockney accent with his shiny bald head, Dominic Terrell, you don't know me, but you're about to. And you'll say to yourself, I want to know more about this man. And then you'll come on to the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast, and you'll see Pod Fast and Pod Furious the week after, and you'll see an episode titled The Transporter. Ha <laughs> ha! Where we talk about the movie The Transporter. Starring not only the bald badass himself, Jason Stathams, but also Fast and Furious' own Matt Schultz, a.k.a. Vince. Yeah. His name's Nico. You gotta check him out, Dominic. I haven't seen uh, The Transporter since it like first hit DVD. Yeah, it's been years. Yeah. Yeah, can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited. Got Transporter for you. We got some good stuff coming up between six and seven. I remember about transporters. There, there's a little young woman in a trunk. Yes, a yeah. little China, uh, Asian woman. I thought it was Asian, but I don't want to be racist. She was definitely Asians, but I, I almost said a China woman. Well, but we, even if she was Chinese, that would probably still sound racist to call her a China woman. We did just watch Warrior, so yeah, uh, it's on the table. China on the brain. Actually, between six and seven, we will be dropping our Fourth of July episode. God, it's already almost July. That's crazy. I can't believe twenty nineteen. Yeah, is we're like recording halfway this halfway through. through May. That's insane. 
That's fucking cold out. It's fucking cold. Oh, it's been yeah. so rainy. It's been such a rainy spring. Yep. I'm ready for it to be over. Mm-hmm. I want it to be hot. Which just tells me we're going to get a fucking gross, sticky, uh, humid fucking summer. Rainy spring means it's going to be a wet summer, if you know what I mean. It's going to be like living... I'm going to be getting uh, in some guts. ...in my taint when it's hot out. Yeah. Hard to breathe, smells gross. Welcome to the swamp lands of Pandora. <gasps> my taint. <laughs> Macro <laughs> shot of my taint. <laughs> taint. And it's all colorful, though. Mm-hmm. It's from all like the mold Pandora, and mildew I have yep. growing down there. You got mildew up in your fucking grundle. Yep. Yep. Moldy grundle. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a pop punk band name if I've ever heard one. That is. Moldy grundle. Moldy grundle. We'll leave you with that. I've been Davis. I've been Chance. Check out Moldy Grundle's first album on Spotify now. This has been Podfast and Pod Furious. Salute. Me familia. Arrrr.